Good morning. Our first two hymns this morning we'll sing back to back. They're talking about the awesome power of our awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. church. Our God is an awesome God. And thank God we're all here together. You know, uh, first I'd like to welcome the visitors who are visiting with us this morning. We thank you for coming and wanting to worship God with us. And, uh, you know, I talked to uh, Rick in the foyer this, this morning, right before the start of the service, and uh, he says something to me that struck me. He says, I need to be here. And let me say this. What I told him, Rick, you're not by yourself. I need to be here too. Amen. So thank God. You know, sometimes we don't realize where we need to be. Uh, sometimes we don't realize the people that love us. You know, I heard uh, Lex's voice there a little bit ago. It's, you know, it's pretty distinguished. You, you know that's Lex. But uh, Lex, when I, I used to talk to Lex, he been saying this to me ever since I met him. Uh, he says, God sure blessed me with Edith. He said, I don't know where I'd be if I, I wasn't with Edith. And, and you know what? Just realizing that God bless you and put you in a better place or with a better person, you can make it. You can make it. Now, I want to welcome 
you hear one of the reasons we worship God, we, we, we know we're doing what God asks us to do. We're remembering his son, what he did for us, and we're singing praises to him, and we're praying to him, and we're getting the message, but let's make sure we're growing. Let's make sure we're taking some of those nuggets we, that we're getting, and that, just like me, it gets me closer to God. It gets me with him. I, I'm a better person because of it. And, and that's where we need to be. We need to try to get closer to God every moment we're here. So I just want to share that with you. And I want you to encourage each other. And let me, let me preface, <laughs> preface this. Growth is when you commit more of your life to God or when you, and when you are in sin and you put that sin down and you say, no more. I'm going to follow Jesus. So that's where we need to be. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you thanking you for being our God, Father. Thanking you for showing us what really it's like to be changed. You gave us examples. You gave us Peter. You gave us Paul. Peter was up and down, up and down. But Father, we, we know on the day of Pentecost, when he gave that message to the, to the Jews and told them what Jesus had done for them, Father, he was a changed man. Because of, the, because of the relationship he had with your son, he was a changed man. And don't forget Paul. Paul was breathing threats against the church. He, was, he wasn't just breathing threats. He was taking action against the Christians, against members of the way. And on that road to Damascus, when he met Jesus, he became a changed man. He became a changed man where Jesus showed him the way. And he wanted to know, Lord, what can I do? And Jesus told him who to see, told him what to do. We need to be the same way. We need to be changed people, each and every one of us. This is not a tradition. This is not the same old, same old. This is a life-changing experience we're having with Jesus. And Father, we pray that we take that in. We pray that we get serious about that, Father, and we pray that we don't just, don't just go through the motion. Don't just say, it'll be all right. It's not going to be all right unless you put Jesus Christ on. It's not going to be all right. Father, be with us in this worship service. Bless us. Help us get those nuggets. Help us apply those nuggets, those spiritual words to our life. Help us in a, abide in your word, Father, we pray this prayer in the name of your Son, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Restore my spirit, Lord, I
before our opening prayer, number 768. Thank for Matt's article in the bulletin. It talks about the five-article prayer, the five-finger prayer, not the five-article prayer, sorry. That would be long. Um, the five-finger prayer. Um, so I'm going to use that model as we pray, as I lead you guys in prayer. And remember, this isn't just me praying. This should be your own prayer, and pray for that too. Dear Lord, we come before you as family, come before you as believers, and, uh, and thankful for, for your love and your, your mercy. Well, we start out praying for what's nearest to us. We come to you for, with prayers of, uh, for our spouses, that they continue to love us, we continue to love them, and that we uh, are an example to the world around us too. We ask for our blessings on our kids. The world, will be, uh, the world is more than willing to eat up kids and bring them away from you. Father, we ask that you keep them having tender, heart, tender hearts that the wisdom where the true treasure lies. Father, we ask we, uh, for your blessings on parents as they, as they age, and that's just, uh, mm, it's just not good stuff. But Father, we ask that you bless them with, uh, with love and the kindness, and then also that they share in their wisdom with us, that we can use that and impart that. Father, we pray for our friends. We pray for those who are close to us that, uh, with the struggles they often have, then they'll, then they'll find Christ, then they'll overcome the struggles. We know sometimes there are health struggles, and that's just tough to live by, with. And Father, we, we pray for, like Mitzi, and the cancer tr treatments that she's going through, and to keep her strong. And we're thankful for the, the, the good news about Bobby's cure, to continuing to get better. And Father, we also are thankful for the news about Tom Eckmeyer as he doesn't have cancer cells in his blood marrow. And we ask that the, uh, that the blood marrow transplant works well with him. I'll also add a mentor of mine, Tristan Williams. I found out this morning that he is on uh, his last days. And I pray for peace for him too. 
And Father, as we move on to the second finger, pointing finger, I pray for those who teach, those who instruct, offer comfort. We pray for our Bible teachers here, that they open your word and uh, touches lives and it changes each one of us. We pray for the teachers in our school systems. I mean, what, it's a half our population in school? We ask that you bless them with knowledge, bless them with wisdom, and always knowing where you are. And Father, we ask for your blessings on our doctors to take care of us in the medical system, that they look out for us and not just for the almighty buck. And we pray for those who give comfort, the nurses, social workers, ministers, and just people with uh, soft hearts and know how to bake snickerdoodles. We ask for those blessings on them too. And thirdly, we uh, pray for our leaders. Here at the church, well, we pray for the, we pray for the eldership, that you bless us with wisdom, and you bless us with soft hearts. And bless us with uh, the steadfastness to lead the church to the small gate. Father, we bless, ask for your blessings on um, Congress and the president and the court systems. Bless them with wisdom. Bless them with doing what's right for each of us. Father, it's easy to see the politics the us versus them, or them versus us. And that's not best for anybody. We ask that they can put that aside and do what's best. We ask for your blessings on the people of Israel today, as they're under attack from two sides. Father, uh, I couldn't imagine what that's like. Bless them with the strength that's needed. And we know that they put measures in place to protect themselves. And... Uh, we ask for peace. That's all we ask for. It's just peace. So move on to the fourth finger. We pray for our marriages, families. I guess I didn't read the article well enough. I've kind of already done that. But yeah, with the, uh, the wedding ring goes on that, that finger. Uh, for those of us that are married. For those of us that aren't, we've got family. And sometimes those relationships are strained. Sometimes those relationships are estranged. Sometimes that leaves uh, dark spaces in our hearts. We ask that you bless us with mercy to put that aside and build new relationships as that's needed too. And fifth, our little finger, the smallest of them all. We pray for ourselves. We pray that we uh, continue to work in your vineyard till our day comes. We pray that we're faithful. We pray that we're loving. We pray that we do not end up in situations that are us versus them. We pray that we can be a, a light that shines in the world around us and help to build your kingdom with the talents that you've given us. Father, I think I'll stop there. Father, we ask for your blessings on each of us today as we... Uh, as we sing praises to you, as we speak love and truth from our hearts to those who mean the most to us, at least those who mean a lot to us. And Father, we ask that you uh, help us to leave here better off and let our light shine. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
How beautiful the head Each of us have probably received a gift in our lives at some point that we are totally just awestruck by. It's something that is so amazing that we have to sit for a moment and not only thank the person that gave us that gift, but we need to sit for a moment and just recognize the significance of that gift and how it impacted us. There is no other gift that we could have been given that would be as awesome and as impactful as the gift of Jesus and his life and his death and his resurrection. That's, that's the good news. As Christians, we recognize that that's the only reason that we are here. There's no other purpose. There's no other thing that could have brought us to this point other than his life and his death and his resurrection. It's through that that we have forgiveness, we have salvation, we have newness of life, 
And we have a reason to go from that point forward to live as Christ wants us to live. And not only for ourselves, but we need to do it to impact other people's lives and help them to understand the great gift they've, they've been given as well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for your son's life, that perfect example given to us, Father, his willingness to come to this earth to give up everything, to live for us, Father, and to sacrifice himself upon the cross. Be with each one of us now as we partake of this unleavened bread, this symbol of that life that was given for us. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Let's continue in prayer for that gift of his blood that was given for us to, sh to save us from our sins. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the shed blood that washed away our sins and continues to wash away our sins, Father. If we repent and change our lives and come back to you, Father, we thank you for that gift. Be with each one of us as we partake of this emblem of that shed blood. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. take this opportunity also to remember the wonderful gifts that we've been given, our time and our talents, our jobs, the paychecks that some of us get from time to time, all those many blessings that we have that we can eat and we can be safe and secure. If you would like to give of those many blessings, there are boxes in the back there that you can do so. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all those physical things that you've given to us. We thank you, Father, for the time that we have, the time we have to spend with you, the time we have to spend with others. We thank you for those talents that we've been given, Father. Pray that we would use those talents to spread your kingdom here on earth. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. <clears throat>
visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. At this time, children and their teachers may go to their classes. Looks like they already have. They look forward to that a lot. If you will, please stand. There is beyond the azure blue
song to, to start off the sermon with right there. The great I am. And that's what we've been talking about. We've been talking about the great I am. Don't miss that. When Jesus says, I am. I am. And these I am's that John is talking about, don't miss that. He's talking about being the great I am. Okay? So, today, we are on I am the door. If you read the sign coming in, that's not a surprise to you. And I want to tell you a little experience I had. Yesterday, I uh, came back from the Florida State game. It was a hot ticket. It was a hot ticket. It's a hot ticket in town. Some of you aren't Florida State fans. I'm sorry. It's a good year for us. Some of you are Miami fans. <clears throat> you ain't played nobody yet. Um, and some of you are Florida fans. And I'll be nice to you this year. Um, but it was a good time. I struggled to find a hotel room. On Monday morning, I, tr I mean on Monday night, I tried to book a hotel room and I looked and I looked and I looked and I don't know about you, but when a Motel 6 shows up as a four or $500 a night price, you're struggling, right? You're struggling and I, I mean, don't get me wrong, Amy makes a decent paycheck, I make a decent paycheck at the church, but 600 bucks for one night at a Motel 6, are you kidding me? So, of course, I did what every normal person would do. I tried to be as frugal as possible. I said, you know what? I'll go out of Tallahassee. And I went and I looked outside of Tallahassee. And I'm not going to tell you the exact location or the exact hotel that I'm going to talk about today because I don't want to get sued. Um, but <laughs> I found this perfect little spot. It was about 30 minutes outside of Tallahassee. And I thought, oh, this is really cool. It's a campground that has hotel rooms. Chuck's already laughing. <laughs> I'm only going to share certain details, don't worry. Um, so we show up, it's, the traffic was bad, we got a late start, we show up, it's late at night, it's not late, late at night, it's like 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night, we show up there, and there's a note on the door where you check in that says, please call. And it's very clear that somebody's living in the office. That's pretty normal. That's not nothing crazy. But when I called the person that answered, I, could, I had a hard time even understanding what they were saying. Not because they couldn't speak well. Not because um, they had some sort of special um, disability. or so, Not because, because they were clearly on drugs. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. They were clearly on drugs. And I thought, well, this is, we are off to a great start. It took them 30 minutes to come out and give me my key and check me in. Everything had already been paid for. They literally had to walk out their door, let me in, give me my key, see you later. It took them 30 minutes. We sat outside waiting for somebody to come to the door for 30 minutes. Now, some of you have more dignity and respect than me, and you would have already left. But I already spent money, and I don't like to waste my money. So eventually they came out, and they gave me my key and stumbled and stuttered and him hauled around and I said you know what Nick was with me I said you know what Nick let's just go find something to eat well on this particular exit there was a lot of options the best one was Waffle House 
Yeah. Some of you are offended right now. You're like, I love Waffle House. Well, they're not all the same, are they? You can find a really nice Waffle House, and then you can find an awful house, right? Well, let me just tell you, it only took us about 45 minutes with nobody else in the restaurant for us to get our food. No big deal. We're having an amazing time. And we get back. Now I got to be quick. I tell my stories too long. But we get back. And we get to our room. And I go to the door. <laughs> I go to the door and... Something's wrong with my, it, I can't get the door to open. Now this is the whole point, so pay attention, we're talking about the door. I can't get the door to open. I, I cannot get it to open. I've put my key in, I've twisted it a bunch of different times. I've went to the top bolt lock and that key's not obvious. It's clearly not the key for the bolt lock. And I just, I cannot figure out why can I not get in my hotel room? Now listen, they've had an hour, over an hour. Took them 45 minutes just to get my food at the Waffle House and it wasn't the most delicious preparation of all time so I did not just inhale it. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I jiggle the key one more time. The lock does not work but the door opens. And someone's inside. And they say, Oh, I'm sorry. Is this your room? I'm the maid. I'm just cleaning your room. Listen, they had an hour. It's 11 o'clock at night. Who's got a maid cleaning the rooms at 11 o'clock at night? Right? I called my wife. She's like, you are never booking a hotel room again. You are fired for life. Nick's like, look, Matt, it's so cool. They're cleaning our room. The maid is here. They're cleaning our room. I said, Nick, that's not the maid. <laughs> and we're leaving. I would tell you the rest of the details, but it doesn't get any better. Because I'm going to tell you, and you can ask my wife who was on the phone talking to me about, you need to leave. You need to leave. I don't care what it costs, leave. And I'm like, no, I already spent the money. It's going to be okay. The door lock works really well. I couldn't even get in. We left. The door. What's the point of a door? What's the point of the door? We get to the next hotel. It was much better. There's only one problem. Somebody had clearly either locked themselves in or somebody had not paid their bill on time and had stuff in the room and the hotel locked the door on them. The point is this, the next door had clearly been busted open recently, like by force, like in a really brutally rough way. Like to the point to where you could see the light coming from the hotel as you walk to the door, coming out of the cracks of the door, you could just see the heavenly light and you knew you were in the right spot 
I mean, a lizard could have crawled, a rat could have crawled through that door. We didn't tell Amy that until right now. It was fun. But what is the point of a door? When you get to this moment in your life, you, that, you really think about what is the point of a door? You know, a door has really two main purposes, right? The first one is to keep things that are unwanted out. Like when you get to your hotel room, you're expecting it to be empty because you don't want anybody else in there. How about bugs? Everybody like bugs? I slept with my mouth closed all night, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. But it's also, think about this, in the right situation, it's also where the welcome begins. When you invite somebody over and you're having a nice time, and where does the welcome start? It starts at the door. Jesus says this in John 10, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. And I know that seems weird, but that's a big chunk of what we're going to talk about tonight. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he, was, when, he, when he has brought all his, uh, all, out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Now let me see if you do. Let's go back. Who are those who climb in to the pen not through the door. There should be one that comes to mind really quick, right? There's one you should think about. Like, I don't know, maybe that one that entered the garden as a snake and deceived Adam and Eve. There's one, but there's many more. He's not just talking about that one. But I want you to think about that. There's a way in and then there's a way to get in that's not really the way in. And that shows everything about who you are. All right, who's the gatekeeper? What is a gatekeeper? When I was researching this, it was interesting to me how many people argued over the semantics. Oh, it should be gatekeeper. Oh, it should be doorkeeper. What is the difference? What is the difference? Well, a doorkeeper is more like the, um, the guy who literally stands at the door and makes sure that people are supposed to be kind of like what you might see at a really fancy hotel and they make sure, do you have a room here? Yeah, let me see your, your car. Okay, you can come in the door. What's the gatekeeper? Well, from a shepherding standpoint, which is really the analogy we're using, the shepherd, sometimes you had a nice pen. Sometimes you made a pen with branches and sticks. Sometimes you had a cave. Sometimes you actually had a door. Sometimes you did not have a door. Either way, the gatekeeper is the one who lays in front of the door so that nothing can get out or get in without going through them. That's the gatekeeper. Who's the gatekeeper? 
So you see, they're struggling with this concept. They're struggling with who's the robbers, who's the gatekeeper, who's the sheep. What are we talking about, Jesus? I didn't understand him. So Jesus says again, he tries again. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, let me make it clear for you. I am, don't forget, Yahweh, I am the door. I'm the door. What's he saying in that moment to the Jews in the audience? He is saying, no one gets to heaven unless they come through me. I'm the one who opens the door and lets you in, or I'm the one that keeps you out because you're not supposed to be in. That's the first thing he says right away. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. So there's people who have been claiming to be Messiah since the time that earth began. There are people who have claimed to be God, whether they were God or not, since the time that earth began. Almost every single royal family you ever had back in ancient times had some sort of claim to some sort of deity, and they were some sort of son of God or something. He says, every single person that's claimed that before me is a thief and a robber. It's not real. He said, all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I mean, think about it. How many people have come and claimed to be a Messiah, a God, in some way, shape, or form, and how many of those people might have made a huge splash at some point in time in their little part of history that no longer you have no idea who they are? They didn't really take. People didn't really believe. You know, I've been watching the um, Netflix series on um, David Koresh. He thought he was the Messiah. He thought he was the second coming of Jesus. You know why I know his name right now? Because Netflix made a documentary. We always just called him the Wacko from Waco. I couldn't tell you his name. At some point in time, let me tell you this too. At some point in time, those people who thought they were following God in the Bible, if they were reading their Bibles... They certainly wouldn't have been able to figure out, hold on, we got all these illegal guns, we got all this stuff going on. He's decided to take everybody and tell them they can't have wives anymore. He's taking all the wives for himself. He's marrying children that are very young in age. Like, at some point in time, they should be able to read their Bibles. I'm just being honest with you. They should be able to read their Bibles and figure out what's true and what's a lie. Imagine if I just told you guys today, hey guys, by the way, I'm the Messiah and um, I know you guys love your wives, but I love them too. Yeah, I'm gone. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> like, hello? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Where did I find that in the Bible? It's the exact opposite. Just remember that because the sheep, they recognize his voice. It makes sense to them. It's internal in them. It resides in them. It resonates with them. They can take the word of God and they can examine it and they can say, oh, this really makes sense. This is the way we're supposed to live. There should never come a time where those who are preaching Jesus, where those who are um, sharing the truth make you feel so uncomfortable that you look at it and go, hold on. 
This is completely against what the word of God says. If that ever happens, please come and talk to me. I am not perfect. I can guarantee you this, so I'm never going to walk in here and tell you I want your wife. I can promise you. I got one. She's all I can handle. Praise the Lord. Verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. See, that's the key. He is the door to the green pasture. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He is going all the way back to Psalm 23. He is going all the way back to the writings of David. He is going all the way back to this idea that has been ingrained throughout the literature of the Bible, throughout the scriptures of the Bible. And he's saying, that's who I am. It says, the thief comes to only to steal and kill and destroy. And I got news for you. Everybody who's come before claiming that they were the Messiah, that's exactly what they did. That's exactly what they do. Because at the end of the day, if you're leading people away from Jesus, you are leading them to their doom. And I want to be strong when I say that right now. He says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. See, God wants you to have your best life. Not your best life like the world's trying to teach you where you just do whatever you want, say whatever you want, feel however you want, and everything's good because you're having your best life. Don't worry about all them people that don't like what you're doing. You're just trying to live your best life. That's the world. You know what else the world teaches you? Stomp on anybody who gets in your way. As long as you're on your way up, who cares about who you hurt in the process? You know what else the world teaches you? Why are you worried about everybody else? Hey, you only got today. You might as well just live for today. Quit worrying about everybody else. You get what you can get. Is that not the way of the world? Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. You're going to have a better life. You're going to have a better life. You know what the trick of the devil is? To make you think that this abundant life that Jesus is talking about, it's not better. Like you're missing out. You ever fall in that trap? Where you start to believe, oh, I'm missing out? And then you go and you do something that you think you're missing out on. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, maybe God's word's not, not wrong after all. Maybe that wasn't as fulfilling as I thought it would be. Maybe that wasn't as gratifying as I thought it was going to be. Maybe that wasn't something that I was actually missing out on like I thought it was going to be. Sometimes the word of the Lord will do that to you. Sometimes you've got to walk through those doors yourself to find it out too. He wants you to have abundant life. Now I want to talk to you a little bit about the ways of the world. Because I want you to understand the thieves and the robbers that are coming into the pen. And they're not coming in by the door. So let's talk about a Hinduism. And let me tell you something. The reason why I want to talk about this is because here's what the world would love to do. Here's what the world would love to do. I'm just going to be as honest as I can be about it. And it's going to come at the bottom too. But here is what the world would love to do. The world would love to take all these religions and mix them all up. So you can't find the truth. They want all these religions to start marrying each other. So you can't get to the truth. Because this world, 
and everything in it is honestly trying, the way of the world is trying to lead you away from God, not to him. So let's talk about it. Hinduism. Hinduism is an interesting religion. If you've never studied it before, I'm not going to do a huge world religious class today. Don't worry. But I'm going to give you a quick little overview. It's an interesting thing. You know, they got all these different gods. It's just like the Greeks. It's just like the Romans. It's just like the Egyptians. You know, you could almost count back. I'm just being honest. If you go and you work your way forward versus backwards, like most people do, if you work your way forward, what you will find is almost every one of the major religions that have had many gods, it's the same religion. The gods just have different names. And it goes all the way back to ancient times. It goes all the way back to ancient Babylon. And even before Babylon, it goes back to Assyria. Even before Assyria, it goes all the way back to the Chaldeans. That's what I'll tell you. Go look for yourself. Start there. It goes all the way back. Hindus no different. You got a whole bunch of gods. You know what they're doing? Whatever they want to do. You know what you are? You're just a bunch of pawns in their game. You got gods that they worship, that the images, like they're the mother and they're having babies on one side and they're eating the babies on the other side. That's a God. That's the God of destruction and chaos. They worship it. Okay? Because they're gods, they don't care about you. They don't care about you. You're just a pawn in the game. So here's how the game works. You got good karma and you got bad karma. Anybody ever say that? Ah, karma. Oh, karma just rolls off the tongue. You know what? I hate that word and I still say it sometimes. You know why I don't like that word? Because you got blessings from God and you got curses from God. You've got, you've got um, good things that happen because of your actions and your um, um, your good behavior and you got bad things that happen. We change that to good and bad karma. And before we even knew it, we were picking up on another religion. I, saw, I know some of you are out there already thinking, wow, Matt's getting pretty legalistic today. I want you to hear me out. So here's how the game works. If you're bad in Hindu, let's say right now you're a person, you're bad in Hindu, you might come back as a roach. And if you're a really good roach, by the time you get to my house and I, you might come back as, I don't know, a lizard. But if you're a bad roach, you might come back as a fly that's forced to eat poop. Because it's got to get worse. And it's all based on whether you have this good karma in your life or this bad karma in your life. And here's the best part about it. Here's the best part about it. Do you know what the whole point is? To escape this world. So eventually you get enough good karma going on. You get enough good karma that you've been, re, you've been reincarnated a whole bunch of times. And you have, you have reached that point where you can finally escape the world. You've had enough good karma. And you go to this little spiritual realm that's away from the gods where they can't touch you anymore. You escape the gods that use you like toys. Man, that sounds like a... Sign me up! How about Buddhism? Buddhism, here's, 
it's similar to Hinduism, except for you don't ever become an animal. You always just become a person. So you're in this, you're stuck in this forever cycle of being born again, born again, born again, starting your life over. By the way, not knowing who you used to be, not knowing any of that, not learning from the last life. You just got to eventually get to that one life where you live good enough. And everything is about suffering. Everything Buddha wrote about is about suffering. Here's what suffering is like. Here's why you have to have suffering. And here's why the gods love for us to suffer and, and yada, yada, yada. But it's, it's, it's really, what's interesting about Buddhism is it's really not, there really isn't a God. You see, you are trying to, you're trying to get out of this, this constant cycle of suffering. And it's still got the good and the bad karma, by the way. Because it's kind of an offshoot of Hinduism. And eventually, through all this suffering and all this rebirth cycle, you will achieve this moment, this, this time of enlightenment where you can transcend and reach nirvana. And when that happens, one day you're just going to be sitting in your home and you're going to be meditating because that's how you get away. That's how you pull yourself away from this world and all the suffering and the passions and, and all the things that lead you to do the bad things in life. And one day you're just going to transcend. And you know what you're going to become? You're going to become a Buddha yourself. So if you're good enough, one day you could become a fat man too. Uh, yes, I am making a little bit of fun. Come on. Can't we have a little bit of fun? But that's the truth. Listen, you're talking about millions of people following the two religions I've just told you about. Millions! About Judaism. A lot of people like to think you know, Judaism, Judaism is like a sister to the church. No, it's not. Judaism, honestly, is the first people that denied Christ. The ones that should have known and denied them. Now, let me tell you this, too, before we get any further. I might be um, exposing, if you will. I might be even making light at times of these different religions. That doesn't give us any reason to hate anybody. We overcome hate with love. We overcome evil with good. That's what the scriptures say. But I do want you to see the error. Look, the next couple I'm about to talk to, they, all their roots are from the scriptures. The Jews, the difference between us and them is they still follow the Old Testament and they're still waiting on their Messiah. How do you get to heaven? Wait. He'll eventually come. Oh, well, you kind of got to be born into it, too. It's kind of a birthright thing. Still waiting on the Messiah. The, the, the big difference between us and them is they still follow Yahweh. They just don't believe in Jesus. We don't believe. About Islam. Do you know Islam is actually one of the youngest religions in the world? Now, its roots go way back. But Muhammad, the Quran, that's not an ancient artifact. But where does it start? Well, Isaac, 
and Ishmael. That's where it starts. So the seed of Isaac was going to be the seed of promise. Well, the, 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 the Muslims, they don't have the seed of promise because that's not what their promise was. It's Isaac and Ishmael. All right? And here's the, here's, the, here's the kicker for the Quran. You follow the Quran, it gets you to heaven. They still got a heaven and a hell. But if you die defending Allah from the enemies, there's like a special level of heaven where you get a harem of women and a whole bunch of slaves. What did you have to do to be the slave in heaven? Be a Christian. Maybe so. You know what's interesting about the Quran? The Quran states that Jesus was one of the greatest prophets. It's interesting. Same with the Jews. The Jews will tell you that he's a prophet that lost his way. He thought he was the Messiah. He was just a prophet. Atheism. Why would anybody be an atheist? There is no green pasture. This is all you got. It's like somebody who's had, had a serious battle with depression decided, you know what? I'm going to come up with a religion. There is no green pasture. And then last but not least, universalism. This is the way of the future, guys. I'm just letting you know. This is the way of the future. This is the, can't we all just get along? This is it. In other words, your God, my God, our gods, nobody knows really what God is. We're all just trying to find them, so therefore all roads lead to God. Pick one, whatever one you like, whatever one suits you, pick it, you'll find God. Now, I'm going to finish fast and strong. You ready? John 3, let me tell you why this is a huge problem in our world today. Let me tell you why this is a huge problem in Christianity today, because culture puts a pressure on you that makes you want to concede to the world. And one of the ways a lot of churches are finding their way to concede to the world is by universalism. That's that bottom one where all it's okay. It's okay. You do what you want. I'll do what I want. It's okay. We're all worshiping the same God anyway. It's okay. But as you start to do that, you also start to concede what the scriptures say, the way to God, the way of God becomes changed as well. And that's what we're living in. That's the time we're living in right now. This is the pressure of the world that you're feeling. Now, let me tell you why this is so important. Why Jesus the door is so important. For God, you've read this scripture before, you've heard it a thousand times probably in your life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only. That's why it's important. He gave his only son. There's only one. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. You see, you can't just go there and get there any way. There's one door, there's one way. And that's Jesus Christ. You either believe or you don't. That's all there is to it. There's one son of God. Let me give you another one. Hebrews 1 verse 3. He is the radiance of the glory of God. Remember we were talking about that through the light kind of. In the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for his sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. <coughs> having become a much superior, having become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. 
How about this? Colossians 1. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. You start to see why so many people probably had a problem when Jesus said, I am the door. I am the only way. There's only one way to get to God. And that is through me. And I'm the one that's going to let you in. And he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Not the firstborn, like the first one to die. The firstborn. Like the firstborn. Like the one who inherits everything from the Father. The firstborn. That's why it says from the dead that in everything he might be preeminent. He is at the beginning of everything. Everything you trace back in your life, everything you trace back in history, everything you trace back. He is the beginning of it all. That's what this scripture is saying. There is no one like him. There is no other thing like him except for God because he's God. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. You didn't see a piece of God. You saw the fullness of God. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Last one. Colossians 2. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. According to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits. Let me tell you something. That is a rave right now in young people. It's not just elemental spirits. Now they've added the elemental spirits with the good and the bad vibes. You know what that's called? That's called karma. And you know what they've added after, on top of that? They've, asked her, they, they've, they've offered all the astrology and all that stuff. And now you're looking at this. And what month were you born? And what month were you? I don't know if we can even be compatible. And today, because I'm this and I was born on this day, now I got to do this thing and everything's going to be okay. They even got Christian tarot cards. I mean, we're getting crazy, you guys. Don't be fooled. Don't be held captive by the deceit, the empty deceit that leads to nothing, the philosophies of the time and by the human traditions that would lead you away from Christ. I got two take-homes and they're as simple as they get. Jesus is the door to salvation. He is the one and only way. There is no other door. Don't miss what he's saying. This is one of the things they had to have the biggest problem with. You are saying that you literally are God. You are the very essence of God. Yes, that's exactly what he's saying. John reiterates this when he tells you in Revelation that it's him that writes your name in the book of life. Him. It's not the Father. It's Jesus. Who comes to your defense? It's Jesus. Who's the head of the church? It's Jesus. You see what I'm saying? There is no other door. 
Then I want to remind you one more time, don't be deceived by the philosophies of today and human traditions that will lead you away from this fact that Jesus is the Christ, the one and only Son of the living God. Have you went through that door? Have you went through that door? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, been washed in His blood, been given peace and reconciliation from your sin? And the separation that you caused in your life. Have you went through that door? Have you been washed through baptism in the blood of Christ? Having your sin removed from you. Separating you as far from the east as to the west from your sin. Have you received the gift of the Holy Spirit? God, the fullness, I'll say it, of God coming and making his home in you. God with you. For those of us who have, don't get caught up on the rest of the world and all their religions and all their philosophies. They will come and go and they might be memorable during your time, but they won't be in the next. You know what will be here forever? The word of God. If it could have been removed, they already would have removed it. So be strong, be faithful, and remember that you are following the one and only Son of God. If you have a need to respond to the invitation, you can. As together we stand and sing.
I took off my lapel. You good? Got me. All right, Marty's come forward today. We've actually been talking for quite a while now, haven't we? Yeah, I've been yeah. talking for a while. Yeah, so Marty was baptized a long time ago. Um, in his early 20s. In his early 20s. And he decided that it wasn't um, really where he needed to be. It's not really where he needed to be at the time. It wasn't really what... Well, you want to explain it? Sure. Go ahead, explain it. It's better if he explains it. Yeah, because I've, I've thought about it for a long time now. I was baptized into the Christian church in my early 20s. <clears throat> and I have to say his sermon hit me hard today because it made me realize there's only one door. There's not many. As many churches as there are out there, there's only one door. But and I thought to myself, um, do I want to be a part of the church that calls himself the Christian church, which sounds like it belongs to Christians? There's that implication there. Or do I want to be a part of the church that belongs to Christ? There's one body that he died for, not many. So today I want to make a rededication. And I want to be baptized into what I believe is the true church, the true body of Christ. I don't want to take any chances, like he said to me earlier. Why take any chances? I mean, is, there any, is there any hurt in being baptized twice? You know, I don't think so. I, think, uh, I, think, I feel like it's the right thing to do, and I've been looking through the Word plenty. And uh, we see many examples in the Word of God where people were rebaptized because they were baptized for the wrong reason or their heart wasn't in it. Baptizing in the other other uh, other names of other people like we see in Corinthians uh, so yeah I want to get it right and thank you all all right so based on that I'm gonna ask you two things the first one is Marty do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God yes I do are you ready to live the rest of your life for him yes sir all right based on that we're gonna go get ready to get baptized and then um, Doug if you want to make announcements or That's, I, I bought two of these at an antique mall. I don't know, me and Dad Camille took a day off and went and had some fun. And I, I've been looking for a keychain for my church keys. And they had some that looked like hotel keys. And that one said the keys to the kingdom. So I said, that one's perfect. That's got my door keys and the AV box and everything else. The white one says, or used to say, ride of a lifetime. And that's for the Jesus van. So I don't know. It's kind of, kind of funny that stuff hit. So anyways the truth of it um, I'm thankful that Marty has found the door he's found the, the door and um, we ask your blessings on, on Marty um, pick up a, up a bulletin I'm gonna highlight a couple things and add a couple things and I know Doug's got a couple things to say and Larry's gonna add to this too so anywho we'll go with this I'll start with the calendar food pantry is tomorrow um, food pantry is tomorrow some of the stuff's already started, um, but what Sue has asked for is help bagging bread. Sue's not here today. Bagging bread happens, happens down the hallway. She's given specific instructions, and uh, people who were uh, leading that already knows those instructions. So 
if you can get help doing that. And I know she asked for help setting the tables up too. So if some of the young guys can set tables up down in the hallway, that would be a plus. Um, on Tuesday night, we're gonna have an elders deacons preacher meeting here at seven o'clock. So if you're part of that club, come join us. That's small group, that's not a club, it's a small group. So come join us for that. Um, oh, back on the food pantry, one other thing I missed is the food, fact that in the month of October, we're collecting our focus is 400 cans of vegetables and 400 small boxes of mac and cheese. So you can bring mac and cheese or canned goods, put them in that box out front and we'll work it from there. Um, and on Thursday, Thursday the senior adults are going to jump into Jesus Van, they're going to go to the Brevard Museum of History and Natural Science. So that's where they're going to go, and they're going to eat lunch at Pier 62. So that would be a good time. I think there's a sign-up list in the foyer if you're interested in, in taking that trip. Uh, and they get together on a regular basis, and that's a very positive thing. A couple other things that are in the thing, in the bulletin, uh, Lois Cox. Lois Cox is finally going to be able to move into an assisted living facility. She's going to be moving into Titusville Towers. Um, we moved a lot of her things into a storage unit, and we're going to need to put some of those back into her apartment. I understand that uh, I need to find out more about that because that place sometimes provides um, furniture. So we're going to have to look into that before we get all hyped up on it. Uh, but anyways, I'm looking to get a crew, get a small crew. Uh, it's hard work. The good news is it's not 120 degrees like it was last time we worked at. So um, see me if you're able to help. We're going to trade that on the 21st and 22nd uh, so she can move in on the 23rd of October. Um, while I'm at it with my request, um, next Sunday I'm going to go over to East Orange Church of Christ. East Orange is a, is a plant, church plant, it's a mission that we've supported here monetarily for several years. Um, East Orange has taken a hit through the pandemic and everything and they are they're down to a few members. Uh, we're going to make an effort to help strengthen them and that's what we're just going to do, it's just strengthen them. Uh, I'm going to make the first trip next Sunday. Lord willing, and I say that because um, I offered to do that if I didn't have major commitments here. For instance, teaching on Sunday morning, I teach every other week, so I will not be teaching next week, so I'm going to go over there. I'm asking, I'm hoping to take 10 or 12 people over there too. So we can take the Jesus van, or you can meet me over there, it's only a half hour away. Um, so anyways, if you're interested in going to East Orange and help strengthen the brothers over there and sisters, Come with us. And I'll try to be doing that every, probably every other week or hereabouts, so for a while. Um, on a sick list, Mitzi continues to go undergo treatments. Pray for her. The good news about Tom Eichmeyer um, is bone marrow is cancer free, which means it's not producing any more cancer cells. They're hoping to do a bone marrow transplant soon. Um, also, going to add Trellis Millage is on there. Uh, Trellis has been in the hospital for a while. I don't have an update on her, but uh hemoglobin for Trellis. I'll pray for her. Um, also, I'm going to ask for prayers for Tristan, Tristan Williams. Tristan was the uh, director of coaching at the soccer club. Um, when I started there, he was there. He's a Welshman. Uh, he loves football. He didn't call it soccer. Uh, but he's a mentor, not just in the, in the soccer thing, but how to uh, work with people that all have different sets of goals. And uh, I, I appreciate that with him. Um, so I'm wearing purple today in honor of him. That's the special color of the club, and you're only allowed to wear that if you're on a comp team. Um, some people will say I'm wearing blue. That also honors my coaches that I worked with who always were colorblind. So many years working with Nick and David. 
That's not a joke either. I don't know why. But anywho, I don't know what color this shirt is. So it's blue or purple. Um, I think I've hit everything. Oh, trunk or treat. Get ready. October 28th, 6 o'clock, we're going to do trunk or treat. Um, invites are going to go out to the food pantry. So bring a little extra. Bring a little extra, and hopefully they'll show up too. So join us for that. Tonight, Matt's going to speak more on Joshua. And on Wednesday, he's going to do Proverbs to live by. So I'll turn it over to Doug and then Larry. Uh, just three quick things. Um, Lynn Nobles would like to have some more help with writing the compassion cards. If you would like to help with that, um, get a hold of Lynn. Her contact information is in the directory. That's just not for women. I know there's some men out there that can be compassionate as well. So uh, please, uh, if you're interested, do that. Uh, after worship here, we're going to meet the greeters that volunteer to be greeters. In room nine, let's get together. And I'd like to remind everybody about the bookmarks. Please be putting people on your bookmark that are local, that are friends, family, um, neighbors, co-workers that you would like to see saved. If you have people on your bookmark and you've been praying for them, and we'd like you to pray for them, if you're thinking that maybe there's a time now when other people can reach out to them as well and assist you with bringing them to Christ. Please talk to Matt or to myself, and we can help you with that. Thank you. So there's a, uh, a note in the bulletin about um, looking for some donations for Nicaragua, but it really doesn't tell you much about it. And I wanted to, to just give a couple words. The church in Nicaragua is, is going to be having a four-day evangelistic campaign. And one of the things I love about this campaign is that it's a collaboration of eight different churches. You see, the, the, the church that we have here, the, the, the congregation that we have here, is part of the kingdom of God. And so the kingdom is made up of a lot of different congregations. And, and I don't know what you think of when you think of a kingdom. I mean, different people think of different things, but I think of something really big. A kingdom is a big thing. And so the, the thing is, does a, does a kingdom work better if the parts of it are working together or if they are just individual separate things? And so one of the things I love about about what they're doing at this church in Nicaragua is they're bringing together eight congregations to work together on this evangelical uh, campaign. Uh, now, if you know about the church, and, and um, William and I have actually been there and we, we know about it, they, this is a very poor area. They, 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 cannot, um, they can't afford to do the, what they're doing. They're doing this on faith. And, and so um, I want to tell you that, that um, just a couple thoughts. One of them is, is that this is a really good deal. If, you know, if, you're, if you're into to good deals, to be able to do a four-day campaign, including food and transportation and everything they want to do for $400, you know, it's, it's not something that you could do for that price here. So, so we need, need your help for that. But then the other important thought about it is, is that it, it's a collaboration of eight congregations and what I'd like to see is it to be a collaboration of nine 
congregations because we need to be part of it. So, you know, if, if you're able, um, you know, you can give some money to the uh, elders or, or I can take it. Um, we will be doing it next week too. There's actually um, a video that we can show next week, but um, they didn't give it a whole lot of time on this. So the, the sooner you do it, the better. So thank you. What's going on out here? There we go. Apparently our light is burned out in here, so um oh, there's me. Somebody turned on. Thank you, God. Alright, so I wanted you guys to hear from Marty's heart. I also wanted you to understand that this is not something that... Um Holy, 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 holy is the Lord. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord. Holy is the Father. Holy is the Son. Holy is the Spirit. pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day to worship you. Thank you for the message. We pray that we would strive to apply it to our daily lives. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for Marty's baptism. 
We're especially thankful for you sending your son to die on the cross for our sins. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would continue to be with our sick, comfort and heal them. Pray that you would give us strength throughout the week, Heavenly Father, to resist temptation and to glorify you. And it's in Jesus' name, amen.